0: Prepare yourself for Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. Hello,
1: and welcome to this week's episode of Earthling Entertainment with Joe and Ryan.
0: Hello, I'm Joe.
1: And I'm Ryan. Uh, this week, we're uh, going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about some spooky stuff. We got the, uh, the
0: kush-tika coming with- up. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. Otherwise known as the Otter Man of Alaska.
1: Which is petrifying. We got a picture here. It looks like a bad guy from Skyrim.
0: To me, yeah, like, I'd say same thing. Like, it's a Dungeons and Dragons character where he's half otter, half man, all muscle, and all hunt. Hunt for the prey. Who's the deadliest prey? Man.
1: Dude, otters will kick your ass. Like, like they're cute and all that, but if they get pissed off, dude, like, I heard of people getting fucked up by otters. You've heard it it here, guys. That's right. Watch out for Otters. Watch out for Otters. And then we're going to be doing a uh, a little spoiler alert discussion for uh, the new movie on Paramount Plus, uh, Good Burger 2.
0: Yes, because we're that age, guys, where that is super nostalgic for us. We were kids when the first one came out, and we had to review the second one. And you know what? That's, that's awesome. And then we have uh, another rendition of, well, now they're dead, which is our segment where we say goodbye to our Hollywood slash entertainment industry folks who are no longer with us. And even though the, you know, the title of the segment seems a little crash or crass, excuse me, uh, it's all meant for, you know, in respect.
1: And, and since you know more about this than I do, but since the uh, the strike is over, now we're we've got a lot more entertainment uh, development news coming up as well.
0: Yeah, and also things will change quickly. You know what I mean? It's just that's kind of how it's happening. New new contracts are negotiated, and timelines for when movies come out changes because basically everybody in Hollywood, no matter what you're doing, uh, in, well, I mean, I shouldn't say no matter what you're doing, but for the most part, it is a gig based uh thing so if as a screenwriter i would sell a script it would take me you know a month or whatever or whatever it was and after that i have to sell another script and it's same for everybody you know if you work as a pa or something on a film you're going to work for a while and then when that film's over you're going to have to look for another job so since the strike happened it threw everyone's schedules out of whack because you try to line up jobs so you don't ever have to really be looking for work so if something like that happens where uh, a show runs longer than you think, or you know some other thing. It it can mess up the entire schedule. So a lot of shuffling around is going to happen as far as actors and directors and any projects and release dates. So strap in,
1: dude, Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to uh to begin some uh, spooky stuff.
0: All right, well, before we begin, I'd like to tell all our new listeners that here at Earthling Entertainment, what we do is a little bit of the spooky, which could be aliens or hauntings or some other urban legend or cryptozoology. Scary shit. Scary stuff. And then we also like to focus on the entertainment industry, which is why we are Earthling Entertainment.
1: Uh, See what we did there?
0: I know. Uh, You know what? I did find out, though, uh, that Earthling Entertainment is just just the best the best name ever
1: it, it really is yeah. honestly i'm quite proud of it uh we we thought of it together as a team
0: yeah yeah which is good and uh you know what can you say you know sometimes you're trying to come up with a a thing that tells everyone exactly what you're about and i think we nailed it
1: and we don't even know uh, it's funny like i feel like uh we should crack down and do some more ufo reports because like i mean that's that was one of the thing that we clicked together on when we did the podcast is like him and I we just always talk about, aliens and extraterrestrials but since we've started spooky stuff and Joe's been really diving into the lore of the world of monsters it's been pretty fucking crazy so
0: honestly that's just kind of what happened and we fell into it you're right though we're going to we're going to focus more on on aliens in a bit you know maybe we'll cover just particular alien species we can cover the grays we yeah. can cover the reptilians mm-hmm. the issue is there is a lot of information and a lot of it is uh, contradictory we you have do
1: a whole episode on the moon
0: i mean that's true that's true and you know what we'll get there see the great thing about this being a relatively new podcast is we have plenty plenty to go. i mean we do we do a show a week bud so Fuck we're yeah. gonna get into some stuff so and that's another thing guys sometimes our spooky stuff is a little bit of a short and sometimes it's like half the episode it really depends on what we're diving into
1: and, and please if if there's something you want us to cover we'll do it so just make sure to message us on Facebook or on Instagram.
0: The easiest way would be a direct message on uh, Facebook or Instagram is the best way because yeah. our I, I would say the email address is checked not as often as those pages.
1: It's we made it as a formality because you, know, <laughs> you need one, and it's just like well, yeah, you know. it'll
0: probably become way more useful in the future as <laughs> we move forward. But as of right now, uh, you know, not not as much. Yeah, fuck email. Fuck. All right, guys. So. We're going to jump into our first segment, which we've already told you is called Spooky Stuff. Spooky
1: Stuff. Spooky Stuff. The Kushtaka. Everyone knows the story of the Bermuda Triangle, but you might not know about the Alaskan Triangle. On average, five out of every 1,000 people go missing in Alaska. The Los Angeles Times reported this in 2005.
0: Yeah, that's horrifying, right? I mean, I guess just don't visit Alaska, but it makes sense. Big tundra, you know?
1: What a horrific place to get lost in.
0: I mean, I imagine it would it, you would die very quickly if you just lose your way and you're not familiar with the territory. I mean, people who live there, I'm sure they're, you know, they'll have survival skills for that area, but if you're just a tourist and you're like, "Oh, man, you know, my my group left me behind and I was going to hang out on this glacier and oh
1: shit." Here, take these pa- this pair of extra gloves. My hands are starting to sweat.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, since
1: 1988, over 16,000 folks have disappeared in this area, never to be found. So even if there's nothing supernatural going on, it's easy to get lost in the Alaskan wilderness.
0: Yeah, which was our exact point.
1: <laughs> this mysterious region runs from Anchorage in the south to Juneau in the southeast panhandle to Burrow a small town on the state's northern coast. The Tlingit tribe who live in Juneau have their own explanation for the high number of missing people, evil spirits called the Kushtika. The Kushtika. Some believe a swirling energy vortex, a portal to another dimension, occupies the Alaska Triangle. Entities from other worlds travel through this portal into the Alaskan wilderness, and take lost people back with them. This would explain why investigators never find remains.
0: I mean, that's a good point, right? Because how many uh, scavengers, you know, it's not the desert where you got vultures that are going to pick you clean, right? I guess you might get buried by snow, but, you know, are polar bears cleaning up these bodies? No. Magical portal into another universe where there are otter people who live there, I believe it. I believe it, Ryan. You would be well preserved. Let's go to the Alta universe.
1: Yes, quite.
0: In the, they're it, they're be, quite cute. Yes, the altar universe is wonderful. They hold hands and float on their backs. It's it's a beautiful little story.
1: So they don't float away. They love each other, and then they come and rip your face off, utter people, and eat your soul.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: According to books such as *In Search of the Kushtika*, Alaska's other Bigfoot, the other 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 Bigfoot,
0: the other other white meat. The Kushtaka are.
1: <laughs> I don't know, hold on If
0: you were to eat an otter, would it be white meat Or would it be dark meat? I imagine, to my head it'd be dark meat I feel like mammals are dark meat, right? And birds are white meat But then, is pig dark meat? Because that's kind of white
1: No, it's the other, that's the other white meat, right?
0: I don't know This is blowing my mind Alright, that's it, we gotta track down we're terrible meat eaters. We gotta track down an exotic game person And eat otter Yes. <laughs> yes Actually, I'd feel kind of bad i don't know i can't eat something that's adorable
1: perhaps if it was really sick you know <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, if it, it was at
0: the end of its life it
1: of it's misery it
0: truly didn't want to go on <laughs> I
1: do not well know why we become british this episode but i'm rolling with it
0: i guarantee any british listener would be telling us we did not <laughs> we
1: fucking suck like i get told by by foreign people like whenever i try to do like a british thing, they're like why do you sound irish
0: well, you know what you tell them is you're like, look, man, we grew up with the Simpsons, so our idea of other countries' <laughs> accents are clearly screwed up. Tragically skewed.
1: <laughs> uh, the Kushika are mythical creatures found in the stories of the Tlingit and the Shimshian Indians of uh, southeastern Alaska. Loose, loosely translated, Kushika means the Otter Man.
0: The Otter Man.
1: Uh, physically, Kushtika are shapeshifters capable of assuming either human form or the form of an otter. It is also said that the Kushtika emit a high pitched three part whistle in the pattern of low, high, low. It may hunt That's you strangely
0: like... specific. Yeah. It's kind of like a haiku, a haiku of high pitched screams.
1: I can't whistle, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. So prob- it's almost like a. Isn't that a boat? Don't boats do that whistle? So, is someone just hearing a boat be like, it's fucking Otter Man. I guess it depends
0: on how long that particular part of the story goes back. <laughs>
1: uh, that rem- no, that reminds me of the. W- that was from Star Trek.
0: What was? That
1: was the, that's the. That call sign?
0: Yeah. You're probably right.
1: Totally was. Totally was in the original. Anyways, it may hunt you while taking the form of a powerful sea otter, or it may take the shape of a man and convince you to follow it into the woods. No matter what, a face-to-face encounter with a Kushtika seldom ends well. These mysterious beasts of indigenous Alaskan Tlingit lore are said to look very similar to sea otters, but to be especially cunning and mischievous.
0: I like the word mischievous. You know, I, any mystical creature or villain who's mischievous, you're like, ho, 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 ho he's doing it and he's kind of having fun doing it. I
1: like the sentence, indigenous Alaskan Tlingit lore. Go ahead and say that ten times fast if you could.
0: Indigenous to Alaskan Twingit lore. Indigenous Alaskan Twingit lore. Yeah, it's it's kind of a thing. Yeah, it's
1: hard. a uh, terrifying picture. It looks like a like a mutated polar bear.
0: Kinda, yeah. It's got like a flatter face. I mean, I guess an otter face. But the the photo we have, the photo reference, which I'm sure is just an artist rendition, is like he said, a a, no, albino. It's a real picture. Yeah, it's, a, it's real. a real fucking picture. They Joe. took it. <laughs> <laughs> Those Inuits got cameras, and they're taking pictures.
1: The dude who took this picture has died. We found (laughs) it. We found it. In some stories, Kushtika are cruel creatures who take delight in tricking poor Tlingit sailors to their deaths. In some legends, it is said they will imitate the cries of a baby or the screams of a woman to lure victims to the river.
0: Yeah, that's horrifying, and it would totally work. Yeah. If I hear a baby and I think it's on the edge of a river, there's no way I'm not running for it terrifying yeah a random woman i think i would also try to save but i feel like a baby instinctually you're like well i can't be responsible for baby death
1: and just hearing like yeah a kid or a baby like either way like screaming in the middle of nowhere like either like yeah you're gonna go investigate because you gotta help but you're gonna be absolutely peeing your pants the entire time i know i would
0: okay that's fair because anything that preys on children is oh yeah okay you're it thanks thanks Stephen king
1: dude (laughs) There's so many stories like that, like The Outsider and shit like that. Ugh. Fucked up.
0: Ugh. Ugh.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: Did you lose your spot?
1: I I lost my spot. I'm going to get back, and it is right here. Once an unlikely individual is caught in their trap, the kushtika consume the souls of their victims, often turning their prey into kushtika in the process.
0: You know, that's always a common theme, right? Like, werewolves could turn you into a werewolf. Vampires Mm -hmm. could turn you into a vampire. I think it's all just a metaphor for corruption. You know what I mean? I like
1: that. That's pretty deep, Joe. In others, they are friendly and helpful, frequently saving the lost from death by freezing. In many stories, the Kushtaka save the lost individual by distracting them with curiously otter-like illusions of their family and friends as they transform their subject into a fellow Kushnika, thus allowing him to survive the cold. Naturally, this is considered a mixed bag.
0: Right, because it's still, you're still getting turned into a Kushnika, like the bad version. So I kind of feel like it's the same story, but you have one guy being like, I want to be a Kushnika, and the other one being like, I don't. Be- but here's the real thing. What are Otter like visions of your friends and family. Are they like, hold on, I'm having this whole like sitcom idea with like my wife as an otter and yes. me as an otter. That's right? where my brain My went baby too. otter. Like, yes. It's like, we are otter people living our life and going about our business. She works, he cleans, he is a baby, and they all hang, hang out. It's Otter it. Wakefield. Otter
1: Wakefield. I'd watch it. I'd Dude, I mean,
0: that would, and then by the time it's done, and you can't stop listening, right? You're like, wow, this is a really weird sitcom. Like, what is this? And then by the time it's all over, you've turned into an otter person. And then you're like, well, shit. I mean, that is the perfect distraction because, like, what, what the hell? I, I can't look away.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, you just got to give it a test run at that point and then decide it's like, well, you know, this is actually pretty sweet. I'll, I'm going to go turn my, my family into one, too.
0: Well, thank God. And
1: then you can be with them forever. Exactly. You just
0: take them through the portal into the otter dimension.
1: Honestly, like I said, as long as it doesn't suck that bad, like, you know.
0: But like we said, both of the bad and the, like, one is like, it'll swallow your soul and turn you into a Kushnika. And then the other one's like, it'll save you from freezing and turn you into a Kushnika. If you ask me, that's the same goddamn thing. (laughs) It's
1: like you, like, look down at your paws and you look up at it and it just comes and just gives you a warm hug, like. It's, we're,
0: a, it's okay. We're friends now. We're,
1: f- we're, we're family now.
0: We're family now. One Wait. of us. One oh, of no, us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Legends have it, Kushtika can be warded off through copper, urine, and in some stories, fire.
0: Which is why I always carry a small squirt gun full of my own pee. You never know. Yeah, you know what? Listen, you could stop a crime with that because no matter what you're holding or what you're doing or what you're trying to do, you get pee on your face. You're gonna stop and be like, "Dude," and wipe it off. Well, I mean, and that's all the time you need. You gotta to give escape. a warning,
1: bro. You gotta give a warning. You just gotta be like, "This,
0: this is pee." Depends on the scenario. This is pee. <laughs> hey, you Kushnika, Don't you? I I got some pee. I, and I happen to have pennies. You just throw pennies at him. <laughs> Back off, <Dude. laughs>
1: pennies! Like, dude, yeah. Going out, to Alaska, you whip out
0: your penis, you start peeing, and you throw pennies.
1: Do you think there are people going to Alaska with like a bat, like yeah like a like a Link style satchel of pennies and a couple squirt guns of pee just in case?
0: You know what? Yes. I do. I feel like there are people, and you know what those people are? Those people are us, Ryan.
1: We got to send this episode <laughs> to the Alaskan people. We want to know.
0: We want to know. Interesting, interested parties want to know. We want well, we to are know. interesting parties as well.
1: <laughs> Since the Kushtika mainly preys on small children, it has been thought by some that it was used by the Tlingit mothers to keep their children from wandering close to the ocean by themselves. Well, that's just a terrible fucking idea. Well, no,
0: dude, That <laughs> a lot of people say that. A lot of people say, like, in Japan, they have this creature called the Kappa, which is kind of like a turtle creature. It has a little bowl of water on its head, and if you spill that water, it'll dry up and die. Uh, anyways, long story short, they they were saying the same thing. They're like, this could just be because Japanese mothers were like, don't go near the river because you're going to get swept away and die, so there's a boogeyman! You know, It's the whole it's the whole deterrent aspect of it.
1: Yeah, so just telling your kids that like, yeah, don't go to the water, the Kushtika will get you.
0: It's like some of these legends are so cool and if they're based on truth, it's like awesome. But if they're not, you gotta wonder if it's just like Greg pulling stuff out of his butt. Be like, Don't go to the ocean. Bye, Dad. I there's like it's like an otter guy. What? An otter guy? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 he's he's bad. He'll uh he'll he'll turn you into an could be turned into an otter. No, I mean like it'll it's it's gonna eat your soul. I mean it'll take you to a different place, you'll never be able to come home. I get to go to an otter do it Fuck
1: <laughs> uh, Otters don't get tablets. oh
0: There you go. There you go, that's we how solved you solved de- the problem. That's
1: how you deter a child nowadays. I There's think. no
0: screens in otterland. Yeah, like aw, uh, okay. Go to the Alaskan triangle, become part of the otter species otter wakefields or otherwise known as the kushnika 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 all right guys well i'd say that's pretty good and all we need for spooky stuff this week what do you think bud shikaka shikaka
1: so now moving on to the uh next part of earthling entertainment We are going to be doing a spoiler discussion about the new movie Good Burger 2.
0: Good Burger 2. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. We swear to God, they're not paying. Actually, they really are. They pay- really aren't. We that, are we just, we're just nostalgic.
1: That we, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so anybody who thinks this is a plug, it is, but it's by choice.
1: Yeah, we grew up on it, man. Like that, like this came from all that. You know,
0: yes. So uh, I assume a lot of people who listen to this are around our age. So you know, you know what all that is. But it's basically Saturday Night Live for kids in the '90s. I know they tried to bring it back recently. I don't know how well it did. But in the '90s, they had it was a sketch comedy with kids. It was awesome. And one of those segments was Good Burger. And Good Burger, much like Wayne's World or The Ladies Man or Superstar from you know SNL, branched out and became its own movie. And somewhere between 1995 and 1997, because I haven't looked it up, Good Burger came out, starring Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell.
1: And yeah, I wanted to mention that, yeah, and Keenan and Kel also saw success in their own show.
0: The Keenan and Kel Show, which wasn't a spinoff of all that, but it was, uh, let's say...
1: The partnership started it in all that. Yeah,
0: I would say it was, a, it was a spiritual spinoff, if that makes sense. I'm going to coin my own term. You've heard of spiritual sequels. Well, now, spiritual spinoff.
1: And I still can hear the, ah, here it goes. Doom, the, 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 doom, doom, doom da, da. Yeah. It was Coolio. Coolio, Coolio yeah. did the opening of that Coolio movie. Coolio did the, the, the theme song for for that. So, Keenan and Kel was great. All that was great. And from that, we had gotten the movie that I, like, as far as I was concerned, considered, I thought it was awesome when I was a kid. I love that movie.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed Good Burger, too. So, it takes where Ed is kind of our bumbling character. And he is, you know, he's... He, they make him look stupid. He's Ernest. He's he's Larry, the cable guy. He's the for, I said it best the first time. He's our bumbling character. And then you have uh, our other character, which is played by Keenan Thompson. And he is uh, Dexter. And Dexter is more of like the smooth. Man. And in the first one, they're in high school. They meet uh, because Dexter needs to get a summer job. They meet at Good Burger. Ed loves Good Burger, and they go on an adventure and uh, to stop Mondo Burger from taking over the fast food franchise. Now, fast forward literally twenty three years, and we get Good Burger Two on Paramount Plus. It starts out where Dexter. Uh, I should say that this is a spoiler discussion, so if you don't want to know anything about Good Burger Two, skip to the next segment. But um, So Dexter is now an inventor, and it looks like he's not a very good one, and he becomes bankrupt in the first five minutes of the movie. (laughs) And uh, he's uh, pissed off his friends and family, so he has no one to stay with except his old pal, which is Ed from Good Burger. So we meet Ed, and Ed still works at Good Burger, and at first... You're like, oh man, you know, like how you're gonna feel sorry for this character because you're like he spent 23 years and he's still working at the fast food place, like Jesus Christ.
1: But he, he's then, like SpongeBob; he's so wholesome about it. He loves it.
0: He loves it. But then, in very quickly, they show no. He has like 10 kids. He has a really hot wife, which is a, a actress named Ego from SNL, uh, and he owns Good Burger. So immediately, this is what I really liked about it. You didn't feel sorry for the character. You know what I mean, Ryan? It's yeah, like, he, yeah, and,
1: he, and he, he, like, didn't consider himself rich. He considered himself rich because he loved his life. And, and, you know, he paid the employees well enough, you know, because so he didn't make that much money, but he was obviously living a good life. He had a house. He had, like, like you said, I think it was, like, yeah, like, wasn't it? like, he had like
0: 15 kids. I uh, mean, no, re- I think realistically, it was, like, it was I think like it five.
1: five. Yeah. I think it was five kids. And, uh, yeah, his what. The the nanny was super hot, and then his wife was pretty hot.
0: Well, you know, the nanny uh, was Karma Electra, and Karma Electra was in the first Good Burger, where Mondo Burger hired her to be a fake date ed to try to steal his secret sauce that's recipe. right
1: that's right well
0: in the sequel karma electra is back as the same character but now she's the nanny and i just like that because they they did that a few times in the movie where they brought back characters from the first one
1: yeah you like know they brought back a lot of people and 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 anyone they couldn't bring back you saw their picture on the wall uh in in like yeah memoriam. like the employee
0: of the month memoriam thing yeah yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah like the old guy and stuff like that no that was it was it was a good, lot of good throwback there the beginning of the movie, for me, was a little
0: clunky, but uh, once... You mean it, trying to get us there?
1: Yeah, trying to get us to, to get back into that mindset, and I wasn't feeling it until, obviously, they got together. So once Keenan and Kell, or uh, what their character names were, Ed and Dex. Dex got together, it started to really roll, and it was really fun, and they had the best, like, you know ed saying something stupid and him just being like no man like
0: yeah like what are you doing it's a good back and forth because that's always the balance you know what i mean you have one character that's a little bit more goofy and then you have the straight man even i when i did my web series it was fuzz and malloy and fuzz was the goofy character and then malloy was the straight man it's just a, it's a good balance you and, know what i mean the,
1: and the kid who played his older son killed it he did they yeah. nailed it he,
0: and to be honest his older son was pretty much the only uh, child who was in it for the most part His all his kids were in like one scene at the beginning and one scene at the end but his son worked at good burger and he he did the voice and he talked real good yeah, and he, he acted good. real good he, he did he, it good yeah he like conjured the character that Kel mitchell made uh ed he without did really going good over the
1: top yeah, like he kept it he kept it good.
0: Classy. Well, exactly. And you know, the tone of this movie is is as goofy as the first one. So you have to realize that, you know what I mean? Like you have to take the world a little bit for for granted, you know, the it's going to be a, it's going to be a kid's show level of zaniness. And I think they pulled off a really good balance.
1: And, and I think the bad guys worked really well for this one too. It was it, it was well done. It was believable.
0: Yes, the bad guy in this one uh, was Megacorp. And Megacorp, is there's a CEO who is the sister of the guy from the first movie who was the villain. So yes. the, the guy who was running Mondo Burger, his older sister, or I should, our younger sister, I'm not sure how it works out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the sister is now Megacorp, and they basically try to buy out Good Burger from out uh, under Ed. They trick him with a contract of not being read.
1: And it was kind of Dex's fault, because Dex told him it was fine without reading it.
0: Yes, because once we, uh, like we said, that character was destitute at the beginning of the film. So when we get to this point, he is smooth talked by a lawyer to be like, hey, man, talk him into selling the franchise because that's all we want to do. And, you know, you'll get a bunch of money. And then it turned out that they just didn't read the contract and they accidentally sold the entire Good Burger thing to. Uh,
1: they're they're to still as oblivious. A as, yeah, they're still as oblivious as ever. Like he's just like, "Oh, he said he's going to give me money, but he didn't see any proof any yeah, He didn't nothing. look great
0: at the contract." Once again, that's what I mean by take stuff for granted. It is kind of a the kids movie level of goofy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but but the, but it, like I said, I think they did it tastefully. The the story was great. The back and forth, a lot of the jokes really really hit for me. They did a lot. Like they did one reference to all that, which was the opening sequence to all that was always this one guy with a clipboard running in, being like five minutes, guys, five minutes. And then the show's
0: going to start in five minutes.
1: Yep. And and then something all crazy would happen. Then he would get blown up and it would be like a dummy flying across the stage. Yeah.
0: Like he'd walk off screen, you'd hear an explosion and they would toss a dummy on set,
1: which was hilarious. Yeah. But, uh, but no, uh, also, I
0: would say that also from all that, because it started good burger started as a sketch they had this character uh who's played by Lori Beth dimber thank you and her name yeah. was connie mandoom connie mandoom <laughs> but it,
1: she was so she was perfect
0: well she was in the sketch she was in the first movie and they brought her back for this one now it's a very small part because that's all she had in the first movie and the sketch is it, she was just a customer who comes in and she's like hello i would like to order and then she laundry list of things and add just can't put the onions on up. and then
1: take them off because i like the essence of onions but not the
0: crunch <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh great stuff man uh, and
1: uh I, I always think whenever i see her i always think about her role in dodgeball right where you hear her off of the
0: yeah it's that was a very very small role but yes yes i
1: don't know why i always think of that scene that seems hilarious
0: well, uh, there's another character named Fizz and now Fizz, uh, he didn't have a huge role in the first movie, but he was also a cast member of all that. His name's Josh server. Oh yeah. His, yeah. His,
1: that was awesome. Yeah. Right. So, uh,
0: in all that, he, he was one, he was a uh, detective Dan and he did a few other really good ones. And in this show, uh, good burger, he just played an employee and how we bring him into the sequel <laughs> is amazing. Ryan, take it away. <laughs>
1: They're in the they're in the walk in freezer right, and they're like you know Ed's showing you know all the all the stuff to to Dex, and then he looks over he goes what's this over here he's like oh that's another freezer and he's like oh why well, can't we haven't it open. you know
0: I broke the handle like you know when you still worked here and we haven't you know ever fixed it
1: and Dex picks it up and he's like it looks like it just slides in he puts it in he opens the door and there's that dude standing there frozen
0: the character Fizz played by Josh Server. And he's just like, oh man, oh man, how long has it been? Oh, my parents are gonna be upset. I gotta get home. I gotta finish high school. Yeah, and he sees
1: the mirror as he walks by. He's like, look at that old man there.
0: Like <laughs> that old man is me. <laughs> in real life, your 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 in real life your life would be ruined. You like, I'd be like, well, you you've missed your whole life, sir.
1: But that was always his character was just an airhead. Huh?
0: That's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was good, and uh, I liked uh, I liked the ending. Uh, they they uh, they sabotage because the whole thing is she wants to autom- automatize the whole entire process, so she can literally just open up Good Burgers around the world. We're talking about
0: the villain because you kept saying she Mondo oh, yeah, yeah, Corp, yeah.
1: right? But the leader, the the sister of the first bad guy, uh, I forget her name in this one, but so she is. Yeah, she wants to automatize the whole industry, so she makes these robotic eds. So that they, she can still utilize his face as the face of Good Burger,
0: which is hilarious.
1: And so their whole thing is: is oh, we just all we got to do is shut down the the whatever the mainframe for for the whole for yeah the whole the, thing. the
0: operating system that runs the robots
1: right and the
0: robot Eds.
1: So it comes down to Ed is the one who has to do it because everyone else gets busy in one way or another. Uh, uh Keenan has to go and save his niece.
0: By the way, the villain is Cat Braswell. Thank you.
1: And uh, so it's up to Ed, and we don't see Ed actually do anything.
0: Yeah, when we walk in, he's playing a video game on, this, on the mainframe, and it looks like he's just messing around.
1: So th- there's the big grand opening. It looks like they, they failed. And then the Eds get red eyes.
0: And, and go haywire. And
1: starts throwing shit at them. Like, here's your burger. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, their idea is they're going to destroy... The, the the robots are going to destroy the whole concept of franchising and they're going to go under. Now, this is another reason why I said you have to take this uh, for a grain of salt because it's kid movie logic. Because destroying a company's reputation does not mean that suddenly the ownership of that company go, reverts back to you. So I
1: know, you know that was a funny ending because they were just like, all right, let's go help with the Good Burger. Yeah, like, like <laughs> oh,
0: man, we destroyed the bad guys, so now we got our Good Burger back. So in the movie... That makes sense in real life. No, 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 not at all. No, not at
1: all. But I I laughed about that as well. I I noticed that as well. But I'm like, yeah, it's it's fucking. It's a Nickelodeon movie. It's don't look too much into it. Yeah, it's it's
0: fine. Just enjoy
1: it. If you want to just have a little nostalgia, you know, it's definitely a great watch.
0: I will say there is one really smart part. You can tell that they called in some favors. They were like, "Hey guys, will you just appear in this movie in a quick little thing?" So we have uh a segment where ed is like maybe we can get a bunch of celebrities to sing a song about yeah. whether or not you know to give good burger back and then we do a cut of literally cell phone footage of all these celebrities we have zoe saldana andy samberg maya rudolph uh bowen yang just so many dmc was there they did,
1: they did sean white
0: mikey day and the in one of the original cast members of uh all that and he uh, actually i take that back he was a cast member of all that but he came later and he was a main character in pete and pete that's right i'm talking about danny tamborelli love nice. that guy
1: nice and yeah. uh, and they also had uh what was the other uh oh man uh, the the guy from shark tank oh uh, yeah as well like basically like helping them with their business and stuff
0: mark cuban was in it that's who you're talking about he's from shark tank yeah he was at the beginning when dex was the inventor that yes. everything goes wrong yes. like mark cuban was like i invested all my money in you and you did this and you suck and yep, then he shows yep. up again at the end and he's like you guys are
1: awesome <laughs> yeah and then he
0: buys mark it. cuban is not an actor so you know forgive him for he he did a fun cameo
1: he said like he'd do like uh, a million for ten percent and he was in and, and
0: they're like him. how about two million for zero percent i
1: think it was like eight eight million for for zero and he was like you got a deal <laughs> it's like, yeah! it's
0: which like makes it's so, no sense yeah, it's so goofy
1: <laughs> but it was great because i knew who he was immediately i was like oh ah, okay so no it, it was good a lot of the old mix of the new it was a good nostalgia throwback good story I thought that they killed it. I kind of felt bad for Cal. He sounded like his voice hurt, like trying to do that voice again years later must have hurt.
0: Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? (laughs) Trying
1: to talk like this the whole time, but like we said,
0: the son killed it because he mimicked that voice beautifully.
1: And like I said, it wasn't like too much either. Like he did it just enough. It was it was good. He almost did it better than Cal could do it now because he's just older. You know, that has to hurt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, you know what? I think that's it for our Good Burger spoiler discussion. How about you?
1: Yep. Like I said, I'd I'd give it, ai would say, four and a half out of five.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Keep in mind, nostalgia comes into play a lot here. So, you know, if you've never seen any of this that we've talked about, it it probably won't do anything for you. But your kids will probably love it.
1: Yeah, but yeah, definitely this is for people like that, yeah. Grew up on on the old Nickelodeon stuff like that, as aforementioned.
0: Totally. All right, guys, we're moving on to our next segment, which is... Remember that guy? Remember that gal? Well, now they're dead. Producer
1: Marty Croft dies at 86. Uh, Marty Croft, who, with his brother Sid, produced memorable kid shows, H.R. Puffin Stuff, and land of the lost as
0: land of the lost land
1: of the lost as well as the 2009 feature based on the latter has died
0: yeah yeah the uh you know the one with will farrow he produced that one too
1: indeed uh he was 86 uh croft died of kidney failure saturday in uh los angeles california a family representative told variety Uh, Often referred to as the king of Saturday mornings, Croft and his brother also produced a number of primetime variety shows, including Donnie and Marie, and uh, Barbara Mandrell, and the Mandrell Sisters. The Mandrell Sisters. I don't know about those two, but I knew the first one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough.
1: Uh, Sid and Marty Croft began their careers producing uh, children's television with H.R. Puffin Stuff, a live action program about a boy in a fantastic land with a dragon for a friend and a witch, witchy-poo for an enemy. In 2007, TV Guide named H.R. Puffin Stuff number 27 on its list of the top cult shows ever. Marty Croft will be missed.
0: So, yeah, one of the fun things about H.R. Puffin Stuff is uh, it's notorious McDonald's. So, McDonald's Play Place, Playland, which they did, I believe, in the 70s and the 80s, but uh, long story short... They got in trouble because they contacted HR Puff and stuff and uh basically tried to get hire them or something like that, get the rights, whatever. But they got in trouble because all of their McDonald's land characters, like, you know, the hamburger uh, the guy with the ha- Mayor McCheese, that's what I'm thinking of. Mayor McCheese in general looks like HR Puff and stuff. And, you know, basically they got in trouble for they got sued by HR Puff and stuff because all the McDonald's Land characters were ripoffs of it. And I, there is some I heard, connection. I heard
1: something about that actually. I was, I because I heard that's why you don't see a lot of those old characters anymore.
0: Yeah, you know what? And it's just it's funny. I uh, I'll look more into that and get give you guys the facts on a later episode. But interesting connection there. But anyways, land but, of the but Lost. They,
1: but they but they somehow got Grimace the giant purple butt plug back. I don't understand how that worked.
0: I don't know if those were around the same time. I think Grimace may have come later. Like I said, that's why we got we're gonna do a deep dive on McDonald's one of these days. But do you,
1: do you know what sorry to interrupt? Do you know what Grimace is supposed to be?
0: I don't really I never thought about it, but I definitely know he's not a butt plug. He's a taste bud. Who told you that?
1: I, I, I heard that somewhere.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So, Alright, well, I mean, you might be right. I have no contradictory information. So I, I, I heard guess it he's somewhere a taste bud.
1: And it, it makes sense because what the hell else is he? i don't know
0: i guess i just never thought
1: about it man like he's just
0: (laughs) it's grimace it's kind of like gumby what the hell's gumby well he's green clay okay
1: yeah Yeah. all right cool he's a simple clay man i guess so clay man
0: oh oh. fighter
1: (laughs) sorry
0: anyways so uh marty croft you will be missed and thank you for land of the lost because i watched that when i was a kid now i know he was the guy who did the original which was fun and the movie which was based off the original but i don't know if he had anything to do with the tooth and like the 90s version that was i think it was syndicated on nickelodeon but i didn't think it came out on nickelodeon but there was a land of lost i watched when i was a kid and it was like they were driving in a in a in a car a guy and his two his two kids and they go through a portal because yes. they got pulled, fall into the ground
1: that's what i remember and
0: then there's they had a friend who was like half monkey and his name was stinky and yeah so all of that is the ones that we grew up with, which was not the original and not the remake, but I guess the earlier remake. Uh,
1: you know what? Land of the Lost is such like a fever dream of a memory for me. It was so long ago.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't really put forth the effort in trying to watch it recently. That's for sure.
1: It's probably been since I was like two. <laughs> two? I mean,
0: that's I can't remember that far, man. That's, I can't even fever dream from two. I have some weird
1: memories. I got weird, weird stoner memories, man. I don't understand it. It's weird.
0: <laughs> well, well I don't think you were stoned as a baby, so I don't know if we'd call them stoner memories, but I hear you. <laughs>
1: well, they come to me now.
0: Fair enough.
1: All right, I think it is time to move on to our next segment, which is...
0: Earthling Entertainment Headlines.
1: Timothy Oliphant joins FX's Alien TV series. ba 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 cha this comes to us from Deadline. Timothy Aliphant is reuniting with Noah Hawley and FX, signing on for a major role in the upcoming Alien series. Alifant, who recurred on Season 4 of Hawley's FX anthology series, Fargo, is set to star opposite Sidney Chandler in Hawley's prequel to the Alien franchise, Sources Tell Deadline. Details about Oliphant's character are not being disclosed. I hear he plays Kirsch, a synth who acts as a mentor and trainer for Chandler's Wendy, who is a hybrid uh, metahuman who has the brain and consciousness of a child, but the body of an adult.
0: I, I do think it's funny. Hold on. Because this we didn't edit this weird. It does say... That we say there is no information, and then immediately follow that with information. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I said, this is Deadline, so yeah, strap in. Deadline likes to do all, all of the bells and whistles. Yeah, they're going
0: to tell you every actor and everybody who sneezed <laughs> on it, so that's a good thing.
1: And you got me reading names, so you already know what you're in for if you listen. Anyways, in addition to Chandler, Ali Funt joins a main cast that, as Deadline reported, also includes Alex Lothar as a soldier named C.J., Samuel Blanken as Boy Cavalier, a CEO, as well as Essie Davis as Dame Sylvia, Adarsh Garov as Slightly, and Kit Young as Toodles. Toodles! Oh,
0: oh, isn't he a lost boy? I hope he's the same character. I want him to be that old man from Hook who lost his marbles, because that was Toodles. (laughs) There we go. <laughs> do you this, remember him
1: yes well this, this i think this takes place before the original alien so i we finally can,
0: found my marbles
1: we can say hypothetically that this is his origin story <laughs> that's right peter pan tied into alien anyways
0: it's about damn time if a, you ask me it's
1: about fucking time <laughs> executive produced by ridley scott the new alien series is set in a time period before sigourney weaver's ripley And is the first story in the franchise that takes place on Earth, roughly 70 years in the future.
0: Yeah, but okay, so I have a few questions. If this is the prequel to those movies, we already have prequels. We already have Prometheus, and we have Alien Covenant. So, does this take place before Prometheus? And if it does, I have an issue, because how could it be an Alien show when the aliens didn't even develop until Alien Covenant? So, honestly, I feel like this is going to screw up the whole timeline.
1: It feels like, yeah, Prometheus should be considered first. The other one, though, that was the one with the ship with, uh, spoiler alert, with the ship with all, like, you know, they had all the embryos on it, and the synth gets it at the end. So I kind of felt like that one was more futury because... We well, I mean,
0: it doesn't of... matter what you feel. The timeline is Prometheus, Alien Covenant, Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection.
1: Interesting. I wonder why they're leaving out the... That's weird.
0: Yeah, it is weird. That's kind of my whole point, man. Yeah,
1: you're right. You're right. I agree with you there. Uh, okay, so uh, production on the show began in Thailand uh, July 19th, uh, four days after the start of the actor's strike. Without SAG-AFTRA members, including Chandler, filming continued for more than a month with cast who were uh, affiliated with the Equity British Trade Union.
0: Which I assume is their, their acting union, right? So we're going to see probably a lot of uh, those characters have bigger roles than they may have originally had.
1: Uh, yeah, lucky them. Uh, Production is slated to resume in early 2024, likely in January. I got some footage. uh, Some of the first hour was shot before we had to shut down. It's stuff to play with and edit, Holly told Deadline recently. Uh, I'm excited to get back in there. All the scripts for Alien were completed before the WGA strike was called in May.
0: Yeah, so that makes sense. He's like, look, we got to record some stuff. We cut some stuff together. Probably action scenes, because those are usually done with stunt doubles and stuff anyways. So you probably could get away with shooting most of an action scene without your main cast. Well, so yeah. yeah,
1: definitely. And and I mean, you could just do filler shots and stuff. There's plenty that you could do.
0: I mean, I don't know if ultimately it saves them as much money as they hope, but without halting production, it's got to save money.
1: I mean, yeah, it's like, well, we bought sandwiches.
0: It's like these sandwiches are going like, to go bad if we like, don't give them to Someone's
1: got to eat the sandwiches, and We, you know. <laughs> Good analogy, it's, Ryan. Like, that's where my brain goes to. It's like, well, yeah. shit. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. No, uh, hold on. Oh,
0: oh. Uh, was that the end of that one? That was the end of that one, All yes. right, so this just in. Literally, while we're recording this podcast, this Ooh. just came in. So Breaking uh, news. Breaking news. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Fallout first look images show power armor and the ghoul and more. So images of uh, the new Fallout series have just emerged. And let me tell you, I'm just basing this on my own personal opinion, but I will say that I think the power armor looks really, really good. And, you know, anytime you can get a fully realized armor that is from a sci-fi show where they never meant to be in live action, it's impressive. I mean, what do you think, bud?
1: That looks amazing. Spot on. These are, so this is all going to be the live action.
0: Yeah, this is the Amazon show.
1: Yeah, we'll have to repost this because this is sweet.
0: Definitely. And if there's more of a story, we'll cover it on next week's episode. But because it'll be a whole week before we can do that, I definitely wanted to show, uh, you know, to not show, talk about it real quick. My
1: God, Dude, the power armor is enormous. Right? Oh, my God. Oh, it looks great. Uh, and and I've, I've spent so much time on Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and uh, Fallout 4. I played the crap out of them.
0: Yeah, I really played Fallout 4 and uh, Fallout 76, which I admit wasn't that good. I didn't get to the earlier games because I had a newer generation console. I don't play on PC, so I couldn't really go back and play some of these old games because the only way on PlayStation 4, now I have PlayStation 5, but the only way on PlayStation 4 you could play Uh, 3 or new vegas was if you stream it like with their subscription to stream and i don't have good enough internet i I was able to
1: download it on xbox years ago so i've got all like all my old favorite old school games that i still play over and over again like i i love so yeah i love Fallout 3 every now and again like i was just the other day i was seriously contemplating firing up and maybe just doing another campaign just wine it's such a they're such good games they were they were the best in my opinion well, you uh, know, Fallout 3 and New Vegas.
0: Well, I know New Vegas was your favorite. And you know, a lot of people like New Vegas. And a lot of people say that's the best Fallout game, which is funny because it's it's one of the ones that wasn't made by the original like, owner of the IP. Like they they gave they what is it? Uh they gave it to a different company to develop, basically.
1: And what was cool about it was Vegas had the opportunity to listen to the fans of three. It being the same studio and everything, because it was all like the same kind of engine, and they were able to pump out another. That's what one. I'm saying.
0: It wasn't the same studio, right?
1: And it had like better perks. It had certain things went faster. Certain... I don't think you're listening to me. No, I'm not.
0: I said it wasn't the same studio.
1: Oh, between Vegas and Three?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm telling you.
1: Wow, but they look the same. That's the thing is the mechanics all seem exactly the same.
0: Well, I mean that's the whole thing, right? They're not. They're not they weren't trying to reinvent the wheel. They just farmed out the uh, the rights to make another game to a different company.
1: But I guess, well, like I was saying, the good thing about that little stretch there was like, yeah, they had the opportunity, I guess, with like the same, you know, console evolution or whatever at the time, they were able to pump out another really good game. And yet there's some bugs here and there. it. I'll admit, like, there's some things about New Vegas because there's just so much in this old ass game. But man, is it good?
0: It is good. And you know what? I mean, uh, to be fair, the reason why I believe it's good is all the things Ryan has told me, and I've seen plenty of videos online, and I've even watched a few of the uh, the, the video game cut movies, and it is a great story. I like how you're the carrier, and then, well, I don't want to give anything away if you want to play that game. It's but such also, a good one. You know, they have Fallout 1 and 2, and it's like a look down, and it's an old school kind of like PC game. I've never played those. I don't know if I'd be able to like get into them, but I'm very curious because a lot of the establishing lore came from those original games.
1: That's true. I, I, that would be interesting, maybe, just to like watch like a playthrough of it. That way, at least you could like see it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, anyways, that's it, guys, for the breaking news, and we're going back to our regular scheduled headlines.
1: All right, here we go. Black Mirror, renewed for Season 7 at Netflix. This also comes to us from Deadline. Strap yourselves in. Charlie Brooker's right. Am I saying that right?
0: Oh uh, uh, yeah, I'll go with that. It Tra- says Brooker. Yeah, yeah, Brooker.
1: Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror will return for a seventh season. Netflix has renewed this series, which wrapped its sixth season in June. Deadline has confirmed the sixth season premiered four years after season five. Wow, I didn't know it's been around that long. Weird. The darkly satirical anthology series, which is mostly set in near future dystopias. Has been through many iterations since it launched on the UK's Channel Four in 2011, and has been a sh- and the show has been given a budget boost when it was picked up by Netflix in 2016.
0: Yeah, I think they got less episodes though. Yeah, yeah. The- I, did you ever see Bandersnatch? I don't know. Uh, Well, anyways, it's an episode of Black Mirror where it's like choose your own adventure. It's one of this weird thing they did with Netflix for a while where literally they give you options to pick. Yeah,
1: I I remember I got caught in a loop and I think I turned it off.
0: Well, I mean, it's a good idea, but they're still learning how to execute it properly. There's a reason why that's not like a normal feature.
1: I, I did like like that because I've always liked the choose your own scare books, you know. Yeah,
0: me too. Uh, mostly they had goosebumps, but yeah. uh, you know they came from the nineteen eighties or seventies, and they actually were called choose your own adventure. Like it was a name brand like Band Aid and Kleenex.
1: Yeah. And I I love Peter in, in Family Guy. Like there was the one episode where he's like he's reading one of those books, and he's like uh, go in the cave, or and he's like okay I'll go in the cave, and he flipped, no, no I flip back, I flip back. back, I flipped back, yeah, change <laughs> your mind, change your mind. <laughs> Uh, 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 the six season soared to the top of Netflix's streaming Top 10 in 92 countries when it premiered in June and spent four weeks in Netflix's global Top 10 English-speaking TV. The five-episode ep- yeah, five season featured cast including Selma Hayek, Annie Murphy... Selma Hayek. Thank you. Aaron Paul, Josh Harnett...
0: Hort- uh, Hartnett, excuse me.
1: Hartnett? Yeah. And...
0: Pa- I don't know.
1: Pa-pa-es-i-du.
0: Papa? The... S-E-D-U. Papa? Is it Papa? It's S- P-A-A-P-A. It's
1: a's, so that's why I said maybe it's Papa? I don't know. All
0: right. The... No, no disrespect to that actor, but it is... I'm going to go with Papa.
1: There you go, Papa. The most discussed EP, Joan is Awful, followed a woman as her life is adapted into a streaming TV series, tapping into AI-related themes that felt... Uh, Precinct during the WGA and SAG-AFTRA notif- yeah, negotiations. negotiations. Yeah,
0: Thank anything it. with AI is very topical nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so
1: it's it's. It, I, I mean, I, Black
0: Mirror. That is what they do. They. You know what? Uh, my wife told me is, do you know what the Black Mirror is? No. It's your phone when it's off. Look at it. Uh, it's the Black Mirror. I like. It's it. all about screens, you know, and that's the point. Is their dystopian future the idea, and it's all tech based. Like each one of them is tech based.
1: And I actually had to stop watching. I was, I was like binging him. And then I just, I had to stop because honestly, a lot of it's really depressing, like really dark.
0: Yeah. I mean, you gotta be in the mood and it's, it's almost boring for me. Like I'm not a fan of black mirror and here's why. And it, it, it doesn't hold my interest because you're watching it and it's like, no matter who it is or what the story is, you could just be like, well, this is going to end awful for everyone. Like, this is going to be, this is going to end horribly. Like, that person, they're in love, someone's going to die, or someone's going to cheat. Or like, oh, this is a perfect world, it's not reality. Or, oh, this great app, it's going to enslave humanity. Like, it's like, no matter what, it's always so damn dreary. And
1: that's where I don't like that I often hear it compared to Twilight Zone. I'm like, that's not true, because a lot of Twilight Zone episodes were actually really like uplifting and like taught you a lesson
0: yeah well some of them are uplifting some of them are bad some of them are scary some of them are sci-fi some of them are horror and that's what i personally agree with you yeah. that's what i like i like i like the the spectrum. variety yeah well, yeah because you don't know what you're gonna get exactly you, it's easy to subvert expectations if you're always changing your thing you can't do that Really, with Black Mirror because it's all dark. I mean, I guess they can if it did, they man. It, if they it, do an episode
1: nightmares and shit. I'm just saying if they
0: do an episode where suddenly it ends with a happy ending, like it takes a left turn but not to the dark, but to the happy, that would subvert expectations. I guess that's their only way.
1: And it's a different time, right? So they're trying their own thing, and I mean, obviously it's worked for them pretty good, and everybody talks about it. Everyone everyone knows Black Mirror.
0: It's true. But if you want a real anthology series, go and find anywhere where you find your podcasts and look up Tattered Tales. Tattered Tales is a wonderful audio drama series and it's an anthology and some are good and some are bad and some are scary and some are awesome. And full disclosure, uh, I make it with my buddies which is luke william and he does a great job he's the audio engineer and my wife works on it and ryan's played a bunch of voices uh you know luke william luke fisher is professional his actual name i'm not sure which one he wants me to mention so i got it right and wrong no matter what one you go with (laughs) dream team baby dream team all right back to the last part of this article i was gonna say blackmire
1: yeah just uh one last thing here uh series creator brooker uh, show runs and executive produces, along with Annabelle Jones, the pair of whom founded Netflix-backed Black Mirror, Indie, Broke, and Bones several years ago. Jessica Rhodes, also executive produces. Variety was first to report news of the renewal. Uh, Max Goldbart uh, contributed to this report.
0: So there yeah. you go. Like I said, I, you, you got to like, love that at the, I like how the last uh, the last paragraph, they're like, we got to give props to all our sources yep, so nobody... Yep. That's why we always say this comes to us from. No one can say that we're, like, reporting this without, without our due diligence is all I'm saying.
1: That's right. We don't, we're not copying. We're, we're, we're originals.
0: <laughs>
1: sure, sure, sure.
0: All right. Headline number three.
1: All right. <clears throat> Scream 7 reportedly eyeing Nev Campbell return after recent upheaval.
0: All right. So for those of you who do not know, the last uh, one was called Scream Six, and it took place in New York. And Nev Campbell's character did not show up. We found out that it was because basically they gave her the, uh, an insulting offer as far as pay. She pretty much said, "Look, I've been in every one of these. I'm your Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm your fucking main girl here, and you're gonna at least pay me a respectable amount." Now, obviously, we don't know how much that was, but it it seemed like you know, for being the leader of the franchise for as long as she was that she deserved it. And uh, so they said no, and she wasn't in it. But now the plot thickens for Scream 7, the sequel.
1: Scream 7 is reportedly heading back to the drawing board and may include Nev Campbell. This comes to us from IGN. According to Variety, the filmmakers are weighing up options following the high-profile exit of Scream 6 leads Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thing.
1: Uh, this includes bringing back Nev Campbell as the iconic survivor, Sydney Prescott, with producers reportedly keen to see her back in the role.
0: They have no choice. <laughs> no, seriously. Jenna uh, Ortega and this, this other girl, Melissa, they were the main characters. Like, so it basically rebooted in Scream 5 with new characters, and they did a really good job of tying them into the lore. Well, now they're gone. They're not coming back, and here's why.
1: Uh, Scream fans have watched in horror as Scream 7 collapsed before their eyes. Melissa Barrera was ousted from the Scream sequel by Spyglass Media Group following recent social media posts about the ongoing conflict in Gaza.
0: Which is, okay, look, guys, not a smart move to get to make comments about any huge controversial thing when you're in the public eye. I'm just saying, it doesn't matter what side of this you fall on. Keep your mouth shut if you do want to keep your job if you work in the entertainment business
1: yeah you know it's just not sometimes yeah you gotta i'm sorry yeah but you're a celebrity you know it's stuff like there's stuff that comes with that package you gotta watch what you're saying
0: yeah because the controversy like like i said it doesn't matter what side you're on there is a whole big other side who does not agree with you so just don't say anything
1: you immediately cut your possible audience in half the moment you make any kind of political statement like for real yeah yeah
0: well, anyways.
1: All right. Uh, sh- 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 last minute. Shortly after you.
0: this, Jenna Ortega dropped out of the sequel to, basically, they say it's scheduling conflicts. They say it was because of, uh, they, they basically say it's because Wednesday season two. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't believe it. I seriously think Jenna Ortega was like in solidarity with her co-stars. They were like, hey. You're, you're, they're firing you. I'm going to tell them that they're keeping you or I'm walking. And then they didn't keep her and she's walking. Now, that is complete speculation because there is rumor that uh, she already wanted out of the sequel.
1: Uh, so, there, I mean, it, so it makes her look good and she gets what she wants.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: <clears throat> All right. Uh, thanks for helping me out there. Uh, both Ortega and Barrera had uh, only signed a two-picture deal, and that was fulfilled by their starring roles in both Scream 5 and Scream 6. Now it looks as though the plan is to return to previous leads to carry the franchise forward. And that starts with Neb Campbell. The iconic Scream star was there from the very beginning. Obviously. Starring in the first film as Sidney Prescott and returning for every installment except Scream 6. Although Campbell chose not to return due to a salary dispute, it's now more likely than ever that the studio will be willing to stump up the cash to get her back
0: like i said because you have no other choice you've pretty much killed every other person in the franchise who could come back there is uh there's a character played by uh hayden pantier and uh she could possibly come back but like even then she was in four and then six so it's not like you know we we get to a point where it's diluted so much does it still count as wine you know what i mean when you keep putting water in the bottle to raise that level well now it doesn't really taste like anything
1: i like that analogy a lot
0: i mean that's why you need to bring sydney back so yeah they're gonna pay because your franchise how many could you possibly do without an original character i mean it's tough because scream unlike these other slasher films Spoiler, Scream's villain is always someone different. It's a who's done it. It's a mystery of who's killing these people. You know, Jason comes back repeatedly. Michael Myers comes back repeatedly. Freddie comes back repeatedly. But Ghostface is just a guy in a mask. So why is he coming back? If you want to tie it into your franchise, you need some connection to the lore. And they did a good job with the fifth one in these new characters that Dan Ortega and that Melissa Chick played. Great connection. But, you know, without that, oh man, I. I mean, you, you could just do. It'd be basically a straight-to-video sequel if you just get like all these people who had nothing to do with the franchise and just did a, a new Who Done It, you know, where a guy, let's say he's a copycat. Like, oh, what happened was pretty cool, so now I'm going to be Ghostface. Blah 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 blah. This takes place in Delaware, and I'm after a girl named Peggy Peggy McGargle, whatever. That movie is straight-to-video. That is not that is not what you want for your franchise. That is a trajectory that can, oh, that is only going to fail. Agreed. <laughs> sorry i, I little... got nothing less. i had a big
1: that was a hell of a rant
0: well the thing is there's a, there's been so much news about scream and it's all been this week first the girl got fired then jen ortega said i'm out and now they're like we're, we're we've always wanted to get Nev Campbell back oh oh sure you did oh sure you did yeah because
1: i swear i just saw a poster with like jen ortega with like a knife and it said like scream
0: yes but that was for scream five or six i assume
1: I thought it said seven.
0: Well, you know, with with the AI art that's all on the internet, everyone could do it. I mean, they make fake posters all the time. And then you get people posting them. It's like. You guys, did you know that Zendaya is gonna be in the new Ferngully
1: movie? I was just gonna say Ferngully. There that is poster, no
0: Ferngully movie. That poster
1: got me so bad.
0: You guys, here's the thing: if you see a poster for a movie that seems too good to be true, all you gotta do is literally do a tiny bit of research. Go on IMDb, Google it. These, these, okay. If a movie exists, that means someone was hired to write it. Someone was hired to direct it. If you just literally Google those basic questions and nothing comes up. Spoiler, it's not real. Just saying. Uh, I, I'm
1: just over here singing the hexus song in my head. Just ignore me. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Scream creator Kevin Williamson previously revealed that he wanted Campbell to return. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Scream 5 and 6 writers uh, James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick are now said to be working on a new draft of the upcoming seventh installment. Whether this involves Campbell or not remains to be seen, but Variety also suggests that Patrick Demp-
0: Patrick Dempsey.
1: Dempsey would be a good candidate for a comeback. However, it's worth noting that neither Campbell nor Dempsey are in negotiations as of yet.
0: So Patrick Dempsey, I believe, I didn't look this up, but I believe he only was in one Scream movie, and it was Scream 3. And uh, so, you know, spoiler for Scream 3, he doesn't die.
1: well that would make sense that he can come back
0: but it doesn't actually really matter because like i said that hated panted character uh once again spoiler dies in four and then in six shows up lifts up her shirt and she's like i died for five minutes but i was okay let's
1: just (laughs) let's just go straight up ridiculous with the franchise on the next film all the bad guys come back zombies
0: zombies happen
1: and they're like oh my god where did they bury blah blah and then you got like fucking you got Shaggy coming out of the grave.
0: <laughs> well, when you jump to like the supernatural, that actually does happen to be fair. I think it was, uh, so I know what you did last summer. And then I still know what you did last summer, which was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Then they made a third one, which was straight to DVD and it came out in 2007. And it's, I always know what you did last summer. And that made our character supernatural. They did the same thing with the third installment for urban legends. The third installment for that film was called urban legends, colon, bloody Mary. Once again, we go from killer to ghost.
1: And Terrifier too, I feel like they kind of turned him into something supernatural more than just a freak murderer in a costume.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's not like you can't go that route, but I will say it does kind of tank your ship. Like, yeah. these are not, right now, Scream has always been in theaters. They've never had a straight-to-video sequel. And I feel like once you jump, that's where you get your straight-to-video sequel.
1: Yeah, w- once you're labeled as that, I'm sure it's really hard to get that sticker off.
0: Yeah, no one's going to take you seriously once you're a red box And
1: even when you do, it's all sticky.
0: <laughs> what? You know, I mean, when you peel a the sticker. sticker on, yeah, 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 you're still on the sticker analogy. Yep, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> it's all right.
1: just like you're just never as good as you were. Never as good. Never.
0: I like Scream. I like Scream the series. I, I like Nev Camel. I would like to see her back because, I mean, you could even kill her and bring her back. You did it to Jamie Lee Curtis twice. Like, that character died and kept coming back. You know, great. Oh, those sequels didn't count. This is a new timeline. <laughs> Whatever. You guys fucked up. and You didn't know how to reverse.
1: Uh, once, <laughs> I, I don't know. And I don't know. I always seem to fall off a lot of franchises like this. Like, I think I saw the first and second one. That's it.
0: Well, the problem with the Done is unless you love the genre, it's, uh, it's not as interesting the second time around because you know who the killer is. I mean, I, I'd say it's good one more time. So you're watching the film and it's a mystery the first time. Ooh, fun. Then the second time when you know the reveal, you can see all those little differences, all the little hints, and that's also fun. But I'd say after that, unless you're a diehard fan, you lose interest.
1: And I always like found myself being confused on like, why can they keep finding all these people that are so pissed off at, at Sydney and her mom? And like there's like like her mom was a whore.
0: her mom certainly was but that's the thing is uh i don't want to talk too much about the newer films but the focus is away from sydney in five and six and they're uh, i would say new characters and uh so some of them are you know um jamie kennedy's character randy in the first and second film uh they uh the two characters in the five and six are not the main characters, but two of the characters are his nieces and nephews, and then it's a big reveal who the main character of Scream Five is, but also related to our original film.
1: Yeah, like I said, uh, good, good on her for you know winning a role back. I'm sure it'll be a good payoff for her. It's I, all I,
0: speculation right now, bud.
1: Yeah, well, I hope I hope it happens because I know that's what the fans want.
0: As a fan, I agree. All right, guys, <laughs> so here we are at our final headline. And uh, if you're a big MCU fan, this this might be some news that you want to hear, especially if you liked the new Loki series. Go ahead, bud.
1: I will say I did like the new Loki series, and I'm a fan of the Avengers of the MCU, so this really excites me. Loki creator to write Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. This comes to us from Nerdist. Recently, it was announced Destin Daniel Cretton would no longer direct Avengers The Kang Dynasty. But now, we have more interesting news about the MCU film. According to Deadline, Loki creator Michael Waldron has come aboard to write the screenplay for Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Waldron was already tapped to write the movie, set to follow Kang Dynasty Avengers Secret Wars, and now he will be reportedly take hold of the story behind both films. Waldron also wrote Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness.
0: We won't hold that against him.
1: And I, I like that movie.
0: I Okay, I like that movie, but it it should have been uh, Dr. Strange in one alternate universe, which was kind of cool.
1: It was pretty key. <laughs> uh, ultimately, if the two Avengers movies end up closely connected, it makes sense for Waldron to pen them both. After all, it seems to have worked for the MCU in previous. Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely... That is a terrible name. (laughs) Hello. I'm McFeely. I'm McFeely. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) He wrote both Avengers Infinity War and Endgame to great acclaim. Uh, We still don't know very much about either of the upcoming Avengers. I'm sorry, that's so funny. Avengers movies, though. Not even specifically which heroes will feature as the new Avengers team that will protect the universe.
0: I mean, there's some pretty good speculation now. I don't think we're getting rid of all the old Avengers. I just think they're going to also be accompanied by the young ones they've been slowly introducing. So yeah. we we know uh, Hawkeye, the girl cat. Uh, what what's her name? Haley Stein- Steinfeld. She's most likely going to be in it.
1: I'm sure uh, Paul Rudd will be Ant Man.
0: Well, I, Paul Rudd will be Ant Man, but it's going to be his uh, Cassie Lang, his daughter, is definitely going gotcha. to be a main character gotcha. in it. We're talking about the new ones, bud. The new ones. All
1: right. Well, I just which I, uh, I Amanolani.
0: The chick who plays Miss Marvel, who is great in the new film and great in her own series, say what you want about uh, the box office. That new Marvel's movie's awesome.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. I just I heard rumor that they were in talks of basically trying to get back a lot of old characters. Just so it'll probably be more like smaller roles. They'll have they'll they'll be there, but.
0: I don't know, because what they're saying now is, is contradictory to what they have been saying, so oh. I, think, I think the duck's being... The duck? The deck is being shuffled, that's all I'm saying.
1: Quack, quack. But, of course... We're gonna shuffle ducks! <laughs> Who stepped on a duck. But, of course, it seems to follow that the Kang Dynasty would greatly feature Kang. Loki Season 2 seemed like it might set up the next MCU villain in a big way, but, in the end, the series focused largely on its protagonist. There's no word yet on whether the changes and evolutions made to the team behind the Kang Dynasty will impact its story in any way.
0: I mean, you have to imagine it would, because all directors put in their two cents on a film. So even if there's an existing script, there's no way he doesn't have opinions and touches up. Touches up. Touches ups.
1: <laughs> touches uppers. Uh, as of now... No new director is in place for Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. However, the movie presently retains its release date of May 1st, 2026.
0: Yay! We're going to wait forever.
1: It's only two and a half years left. What <laughs> do we do now? Uh, they will still be a part of the MCU's Phase 6 and help conclude the multiverse saga. Hopefully with Waldron penning Kang Dynasty's script the much anticipated next Avengers movie will deliver a strong story we've certainly seen him deliver great MCU work before and i agree with that
0: yeah yeah totally so um i'm excited like i said it seems like they're shuffling the deck so who, knew, who knows how what changes will make and it's it's impossible unless you're working on the film it's impossible to speculate on these kind of things because with every new MCU movie it could potentially change you know what i mean because the whole point is kevin feige is trying to serve a overall story And you know, basically what's happening for those of you who don't know, basically what's happening is each one of these films are in a different universe. Like why did the Eternals have a giant guy come out and then no one's talked about it in any other movie? Guess what? Spoiler. That's not in the same universe. All of these multiverse things are going to crash into each other, and they're going to be called uh, excursions or cataclysms, I forget. But they talked about it in Doctor Strange's Multiverse Madness, what happens when these two universes collide. They even further talk about it in the new The Mar- uh, Marvels film. It's all about these collapsing universes that are going to end up to one planet, which is a new planet called Battle World and Battle World is where all
1: lazy writing.
0: Yeah, well, it's from the comics. (laughs) (laughs) So Battle World, which will probably be renamed, to be honest, is a story of secret wars. Long story short, uh, they all fight everybody from multiverse fights and whoever's left standing is the new Marvel universe. So that's that's how we bring in X-Men. That's where we bring in all this stuff. Now, granted, most of this is speculation, but it's based on what happened in the comics and educated guests and what I know from the industry and what actors are working on what films I'm not going to get into it, but I know people who work in payroll and I am aware of certain cameos every now and again. Um, you know what? Actually, I I, I uh, I'm just saying things change all the time, and they can take like for instance, sometimes that John Krasinski is a good example. Uh, characters put in in reshoots. They'll be like a week before the film. They'll record someone, and suddenly he's in the movie. It's it's crazy. So yeah, here we go. I guess I'm done with that. I kind of rambled and lost no, my place. No, you're fine.
1: I was listening to you, buddy. I know. And I
0: like I said, guys. I was uh,
1: Mick feeling it.
0: Oh. oh. So, uh, I didn't mention it on the podcast yet, but I, I thought I did because we started this recording and then stopped and then re-recorded because I was half asleep. My my eight month old is teething, and he woke me up at one thirty, and me and my wife were up until four thirty, so oh, we got no sleep. The and joys it's, of
1: parenting.
0: Yeah. So if <laughs> if I came off as a zombie at any point, or if I came off as like oh too much energy, it's all because of that. <laughs>
1: You know, you you know, kids—they're uh, they're awful. I'm kidding. I'm
0: kidding. I, I love those little disturbers of the peace.
1: Yep, yep. You know, can't live with them, can't live without them, because they're
0: just the is the button, they, even though they yeah. scream at your face and make. It's like someday you want to throw them out the window, and then the other day you're like, Jesus, I would die for you. But, well, not Jesus, but baby, I would die for yeah.
1: you. <laughs> uh, next week, uh. What do, you, uh, what, what do you think we're going to be uh, doing next week?
0: <sighs> I, if you want, you mentioned we could focus on some alien stuff. We I would d- like to. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of where we're at. We haven't done some aliens in a while. So I don't want to commit at this exact moment, but we'll do something alien-oriented.
1: I, I liked your idea of, like, you know, kind of how we cover different monsters. Maybe we should go with different extraterrestrial species.
0: You know, I, and I think we ultimately will. Uh, I, like I said, I'm not committing at this moment.
1: <laughs> and, uh, maybe, maybe I might prepare a little something for next week to kind of give my two cents on the, the whole, that what's his name? David Frush or whatever. The guy who sat on Congress and did his whole, uh, alien spiel whistleblower, you know, moment, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things about it that I liked, but there's a lot of things about it that I was kind of like, eh.
0: Well, you know, fine, man. If you take the time to prepare, let's do it. That's Earthling Entertainment this 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 story. Like, come on, we
1: got this. I think that'll fit into headlines.
0: All right. Well, uh, that's it for today's episode for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, you should check out some of our older episodes. And if you didn't, you should download all the episodes because that's the way to show us. Download yes. them. Yes. Yes. You yes. sure showed us.
1: And make sure that you uh, if you like uh, what we're doing, and you like kind of a, a, a drama, horror series kind of style thing, you should listen to Tattered Tales.
0: Tattered Tales. Thank you, thank you. And as far as this show is concerned, um, you hit us up on Facebook, our Facebook page. Hit us up on Instagram. We, we'd love to get your feedback. And, uh, you know, that's, that's it. So for all of us here at Earthling Entertainment, so long. Bye. So long.
1: I will see you soon. I love you.
0: Thanks for listening. Hooray! Kushtaka! 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 See you next week. Kushtika.